You're listening to the Take Him With You podcast with Rick and Amy on the Stitcher Radio Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 246 of the Take Him With You podcast for November 3rd. I almost said 2nd. 2013. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. And you're the birthday girl. I am. This is for you. Thank you. Enjoy. favorite drum solo not exactly so they say it's your birthday yeah yeah it is so how does it feel to be 29 again how many times have i been 29 as many times as you want i've been 29 almost 20 times not quite (laughs) shy of 20 times i think 18 times 18 times i've been 29 something around there but you know, you always get the last laugh because I turn older or than se- you. No, seventeen times I've been twenty nine. Trying like to figure that. out how old you I'm are. I'm trying to figure that out. But yeah, maybe <coughs> you're right. Twenty eight. Yeah, whatever. A well, long time. Welcome everybody to the Taking With You podcast. I've been in my twenties a very long time. <laughs> I've been married to you <laughs> twenty seven years. More than half my life. Yeah, me too. Did we leave the T V on? No, I turned it off. Oh, that's the, they say it's your birthday song in the background. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we had, I had an exciting birthday today. I would agree. I kind of agree. Yeah. Well, I I was thrilled. We it's had not done yet. Your birthday's not over yet. It's only, well, we're recording this at 619 on your well, birthday. It, it was really interesting because... I tried to schedule an interview with the person that we're going to have coming up a couple different times, and it just didn't work out. And and the funny thing is, is it didn't really seem right on those days. <laughs> and then I we ended up rescheduling for today, which happened to be my birthday. And yeah. I said, well, you know, that sounds great. If you get a cup of tea and I get a cup of tea, I can say I had a tea party with you on my birthday. So, <laughs> And we got some really cool tea in the mail from our good friend Shirley, mm-hmm. who lives in Canada, that went to the British store. Yes, and got us real British tea. It even has a little pound symbol on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I made tea out of it already. We've drinking, drinking. Yeah, the first time we drank you made a it a little too strong. You didn't. I like realize, it stronger than not. But each of these bags are about twice as much tea as you get in the cheap U.S. bags. Mm. And then you put four of them in, yeah. so it was like eight bags of tea. You know what else I got? It was pretty strong. What else did you get? I got a really cool beanie from Joyce and Al. This week? Oh, yeah, you did. That scary one. The Nightmare Before Christmas one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because that's it's a cool. Disney show, right? Well, it's kind Tim of. Burton. The, did Disney produce I it? I believe so. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. sometimes by the things Disney produces. Mm. I like a lot of them, but <coughs> some of them I'm going to scratch my head a bit. I or also got a really cool one? Starship Enterprise. 
Yeah. That so, was really cool. So you had your birthday. Now it's my birthday. Yeah. And, um, you know, we had a, a good a good birthday so far. I geeked out yesterday. Yeah? With my friends. Yeah, did you record some podcasts with them? We recorded the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast with my good friend Joe uh-huh. and Jeff from Canada and my good friend um, Brian, who uh, is from Arizona. And, you and talked we talked about... about the ships of Star Wars, the Rebel Alliance. Well, and you have to tell um, everybody what you did for Halloween. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Um, you And we have pictures of it on your Facebook page. And video. And video. Mm-hmm. And it, video I have. And at night, it showed up better. But I, I took our 85-pound pumpkin. It was huge. And we gutted it. Mm-hmm. It had 20 pounds of guts, mm-hmm. which you proceeded... To drop all over the... Well, okay, you left a paper bag full of wet pumpkin guts on the deck. And okay. I'd asked you the day before, hey, are you going <coughs> to clean that up? Well, you that didn't was actually that morning up. you said that. Okay, well, you didn't throw it away. So it was going to be Halloween and trick-or-treaters were coming. So I was wanting to tie She didn't want a big paper bag of pumpkin guts on, on the, the porch. So, you know, being a woman and wanting things tidy, I decided to go try to, to throw it away. And as I'm taking the video, you can hear it in the background. She, The bottom falls out of the sack. And I go, shoot. Yeah, I'm glad you said shoot. Yes, it was. I was not very happy. And Yesterday so, all day she was wanting to cuss. I had to stop her. Yeah, I was just kind of grumpy. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, but we got... <laughs> Was it yesterday or the day? That was. The if day anybody before. knows Amy, they know that she doesn't cuss. So. Except for if I'm giving an announcement at church, but that's a that's a whole story. other story that we've already told. Yeah. So and that wasn't on purpose. Church. And then I said, I don't cuss. I swear. Yeah, that was awful. But so I dropped that. I well, I was carrying the bag, but the whole contents of the bag went splat onto the deck. Yeah. So then I had to get. So a, she was cleaning that up as I was trying to get. <coughs> well, what I did is I carved the big, huge pumpkin into a spaceship with an alien in it that had cool lights on the bottom that made it look like it was swirling mm-hmm. or twirling like and a flying saucer. And then you had lights on the inside that made it kind of glow and made a silhouette glow. of and then I had And then little, his little eyes, the alien's eyes glowed red. Mm-hmm. And then I had a smoke machine hooked up uh, with a tube inside of it so that the thrusters on the bottom of the spaceship shot out smoke mm-hmm. it was really cool till the, the fog machine broke but i also put a subwoofer system underneath the table that was on yes because the rain stopped so i, I, was able I to do realized that. this the whole neighborhood realized and i put this. on close encounters of the third kind mm-hmm. and also the star trek uh first contact theme song yeah and I made some cool space sounds and takeoff and landing sounds, and I put them all on the iPod, and then I let it be on a loop. And we we actually got a lot more trick or treaters than we usually. We have. had over thirty this this year. About twenty. We usually have like about seven. twenty four kids. No, we parents. had more after that. Really? Yep. Okay, I think I went to bed. You did. I did. Because he wanted to leave the door open, and I was well. You got to hear when the trick or treaters are coming down so, the street. You know, you so just... he left the door open, and I went and crawled in my the covers in my bedroom. And we dressed Jade in a Wonder Woman costume. She was very cute. And then Catherine. We dressed... also dressed her in a Wonder Woman costume. No, well, kind of. 
No. Wonder Woman in her no, her day apparel. No. She had on like this fifty. Look, this is how it goes. Catherine skirt. dresses for school that day. She goes to school, <laughs> and people are commenting on her costume. She just dressed for school. She didn't have a costume. Well, okay, she wore this kind of A-line polka dotted skirt and this kind of cardigan top, but just because she hadn't done laundry and she oh didn't my. have any clean jeans. <laughs> and someone go, "Oh, are you trying to be fifties today?" And she's <sighs> like. Well, well, maybe, but, you know, and inside she's like, well, so I tell them that it's just because I hadn't done laundry. <laughs> that was pretty funny. And so we decided she did kind of look like a daytime version or, or like a, a alter ego for Diana. Prince. Prince or Princess Diana. Wonder Woman. So, no, it wasn't Princess Diana. That would be like royalty over in England. Okay, well, whatever. She, she was a princess, wasn't she? She was an Amazon, Amazon princess. Amazon princess. She so, was the, the queen's so daughter. So Catherine put red lipstick on and tied a scarf around her neck, and she'd kind of look like the the Diana prince right. that worked for the government. I, stuff. on the other hand, dressed up like a bum. You kind of just looked <laughs> And my wife goes, yeah, yeah, you smell like one, too. She goes, as she's driving out the driveway, she goes, you know, showers are a good thing. <laughs> and I went, what? What? Oh, and I said, so is subtlety. This is the bad thing about having a husband that works from home now. Before, <sighs> when you worked in an office, that you would get up and, like, you know, six in the, by 6 in the morning, you were showered, usually, and getting ready to leave and... That doesn't always happen when you work from home. Well, I'm just let's just put it this way. I'm glad you can't smell over the internet. It's yeah. There's it's good. There's not smell of vision or whatever. I do meet with clients though, and then I I do you take do. a shower. Yeah. You could always shower because I'm gonna be home. I do that sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. I even brush my teeth. Sometimes. Sometimes. Oh that. <laughs> Oh, mercy. Okay. So, well, and so what did you get for your birthday? Well, I got a pair of really cool headphones. Yeah, Bluetooth really cool. headphones. And, um, yeah, they're Bluetooth, so they don't have a long cord that keeps on getting caught on They just have a cord things. to the other other mm-hmm. headphones. And before, I ha- when I had the corded kind, they get um, stuck on things and pull a lot of my ear. And, and you cut them with your cut shears. Cut them with the and, shears, yeah. and that's gardening. I've done that a couple times now. Yes, you but, have. Um, but yeah, these are really cool, and you can even answer the phone with them. You what just else did click you get? On the top, I got a gardener's Scrabble game. Oh boy! And some kind of really strange cup that you it's can not a strange put. Cup. You can put like fruit in your cup, and all right to infuse. You just don't get it, do you? Because I got it for well, you. Well, I wanted to get okay. it, and because so I, I had like... a little recipe book, but you grabbed it out of my hand and said you you wanted me to open the other stuff. Well, you were just like one of those little kids that buy, gets one toy, and then they won't open the rest of their presents. Because you want to read the directions. Whatever. So I haven't actually read the directions <coughs> yet. but This I cup think... is a dynamic cool cup, as seen on TV. So you could conceivably put your fruit and your liquid in the uh, chilled cup, because it has a chill core yeah, that you freeze and then you put you it in. Put then you pull the ice. chill core out. And you put in the uh, shake core, and you just screw it in, and then you put the top on, and then you shake it. Mm-hmm. And it blends the drink for you right there. So you can make your own smoothie at lunchtime without a blender. But you'd have to put already mushed up fruit in there. No, because it does it. That's what it says. It does. Huh. 
says right on there. It'd have to be really soft fruit, I would I think. I don't think. But it can, you can do infused water, too. Like put fruit in there. Oh, boy, then that'd be fun. Mm. What are you drinking? Infused water. Well, it's supposed to help you lose weight. What did you infuse it with? Mm, whatever I wanted to. You can put like cucumbers. Chemicals. And and um, pieces of oranges Big Mac. and stuff, and it makes a flavored water. Big Mac chemicals. flavored water. <sighs> That'd be gross. I went to the Star Wars store this week. I I gather that. Oh, I'm sorry. We're still talking about your birthday. That's okay. So the, you got another thing for your birthday. You can't even remember what it is. My big present? You wore it all over the day. This morning, at least. When I made you... Your, uh, well, I treated you like a goddess. I wore it all over? You did. The fuzzy blanket? Oh, oh yeah. I thought you meant the, the omelet that you made me you for did, breakfast. Well, you could have worn that all over. So she wants a, a ham and cheese omelet for breakfast. And yeah. I did. I chopped all the little vegetables up the correctly, <coughs> put olive oil in the pan. I even cooked inside, which I normally don't, for breakfast. And uh, I got, I made it perfect, man. And then all of a sudden I go, man, it smells like it's burning. It can't be burning. It's not even close to being done. Somehow, some way, I burnt the omelet. So he treated me like a goddess with the burnt sacrifice. Well, I gave you the part that wasn't burnt. It was a little burnt, but it wasn't bad. <laughs> but um, yeah. So you know, little you charcoal got, eggs. Mm. You got me. You got me a blankie too. It took you out really for lunch. Soft. Mm -hmm. You got to eat Mexican food, which I don't really like. Yeah, that's why I kind of asked because, you know, there's only about two days a year that I could get Mexican food because usually you don't like to go. We haven't had, oh, I I'm put, I put a turkey in the oven Mo for dinner. Mother's Day and Turkey and the sweet potato. I can say. Yeah, and that's, I've been on a grain-free, potato-free um, eating plan and I'm feeling a lot better. Like my joints and stuff are feeling better. I know you're like, don't really care, but... um. <laughs> What? My husband just rolled his eyes. So I just rolled my eyes because this is not <laughs> what the podcast is about today. So, so, um, but I said I had bought before we started the eating plan. I had bought this really big sweet potato, and it's not on my plan. But I said, well, I'm not going to eat sugar, refined flour. So, so she sat it next said, to the door as a protection device. No. So if somebody came in, we just knock them over the head with the sweet no, potato. No, but I said, but on my birthday, I'm going to splurge, and that's going to be my splurge. Is I'm going to have some sweet potato. The police report dinner. would say assault with a deadly potato. Uh -huh. Okay, so tell everybody. Okay, we're done now for talking about okay. what's going on in our house. Um, tell everybody what our interview and what we're doing here. Okay, well, I was so excited, and I, you know, I I've really enjoyed all the interviews we've done, and they've been really great. But this has been an uh, interview that we did today, someone that I've admired for a long time because she just brings to life um, things that are really important to me. And it, it just kind of um, oh reinforces what I believe. But she doesn't, she's an author, but she doesn't write things preachy. She just has really good character development of her characters. And you just really get into what the characters are going through. And mm -hmm. it, by the time you get done reading one of her books, you just go, Oh, that was so refreshing, and it makes you really think about what's important in life. And, and you, she's she's authored over 80 books. Yeah. Written 80 books. Yeah, and I think I've read 
most of them. Yes, I think you have. <laughs> There's too. maybe only a couple that I. I so don't who have. is who are but we? But anyway, her her name is Robin Jones Gunn, mm-hmm. and we I relate to her a lot because a lot of our our young days were spent as youth ministers' wives and doing all that, you know, girls retreats and camps, and so we have a similar background that way. Um, and the things that she writes about are just things that that resonate with me in my heart and messages that are important to me. So this may be a little bit of a selfish podcast today, but I don't think so. I, I think I already that, know what the interview how it came out because we already did it. I think that anyone who has a dream, who has um, something that they really want to accomplish in life. Mm-hmm but maybe are not sure how to do it. I think when they listen to this and they listen to her story about how she got from, you know, just being a mother of toddlers to the author of over 80 books. It didn't happen overnight and she will she will tell you a lot of hard work. How how she accomplished that and it it, it yeah, it was many years in the making, but I think I was inspired by that, even though I knew some of that story before, because I've gotten her newsletters for about 15 years, yeah. <laughs> but but it was still nice to talk to her today, and we both shared a cup of tea, and it was it was a great interview. I hope everyone else will enjoy it as much as I did. Okay, so let's get into it. Uh, we'll be back after the interview, just to close up and say goodbye, and uh, enjoy right here on the Taken With You podcast. I'm fixing a hole where the rain gets in And stops my mind from wandering Where it will go I'm feeling the cracks that ran through the door Well, happy birthday to you Happy birthday to you happy birthday to my wife amy that's why you wanted to start happy birthday to <laughs> you well, thank you dear thank you very i had much. to do my best horrible bill murray lounge act well just for you you did a good job at thank it. you thank you <laughs> okay. anyway I want to wish you a happy birthday we're recording the podcast on amy's birthday which is uh well we recorded it last week on my birthday yeah but we didn't have such a cool show last week compared to this. Yeah. We played your sermon from Raymond First Baptist last oh, week. Oh, yeah. That was fun. <laughs> I, what was it? Maybe What was the title of it? It was... Um, you did about zombies. I did... Um, oh, Steps to... No, what was it? It was... Uh, oh, yeah. Steps to the Recovering Zombie. That was the name of my sermon. Yeah. Boy, you should have seen the eyebrows raise on the 80-year-old people. They just thought oh, that was... Oh, we have 90-year-old people. My oh, that's church. right. Aunt yeah. Dorothy. She's 90-something. Yeah. And Helen. Oh, yeah. yeah Helen. Helen said she could hear me, which was good. She goes, just speak up next time. Good. Yeah. Good. I'm glad, so I I'm glad Helen could hear. Well, on the show today, we happen to have a, an interview with somebody that you have talked about for, gosh, years. I've heard oh, this, this I, name here. Yeah. And probably about uh, a long 15, time. 15 years yeah. that I've I read her first book. Through many different phases of our life, you have had at least one of her books Either used to be paper books, now on now the Kindle. My Kindle, yeah. <laughs> and and you've read just about everything she's ever put out. And Pretty we much, happen to I have think. her all the way from Hawaii, everybody. And I'll Yay. let you introduce her because this you're so excited. 
Well, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, this is Robin Jones Gunn, and I'm, among many, many things, she is a very popular, inspirational writer. Um, I'm sure that there's a lot of other hats that you wear, Robin. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, you know, we'll just get started. I know you've written dozens and dozens of books. Welcome from... to the show, by the way. Yes, welcome. Well, thank you. And I guess I should start by saying aloha. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Yay. Yeah, so um, for for those who, who don't know your background, do you want to just fill us in a little bit? I mean, I know that we had a similar background in, in many aspects because we both did like youth ministry with our husbands and things like that um, in our early days. But what have you been doing, you know, since then? Well, um, that's a big question. Let's see where, I <laughs> <laughs> where to begin. Um, well, I, I, probably to just give the starting point of understanding how I became a, a writer and it's been uh, this journey of over 25 years. I w always was a storyteller, but mm -hmm. I really didn't consider writing novels until my husband and I were on a youth group trip. We were camping at San Clemente State Beach in California with all these junior high and high school kids. And we were there for a week, and these junior high girls are in their tent all day long. I mean, there's sun and surf and sand and boys, and there they are in their tent reading books. So the second or third day, I crawled into the tent with them and said, I just want to see what you're reading that's so fascinating that would keep you from experiencing what's around you. I mean, you'd rather read about being at the beach than actually go in the water. Uh -huh. And they had brought with them, these were some 13-year-old girls, and they had brought with them a stack of 30 books from the public library. Wow. And I started reading the books with them. And after I got through three books just speed read you know how you skim through mm -hmm. I, I I just I wanted to take those books away and give them something else that was more what I felt like a 13 year old should be putting in their heart uh -huh. and it these novels were evocative and not realistic and not really giving them a true idea of what life was like or relationships and it just Ah, it just, it really got to me, like, mm -hmm. as a mom, uh, you know, all my mom feelings of, oh, yeah, you're too young to be thinking this is what the world is like. So yeah. then those girls challenged me and said, if you don't want us reading these books, then give us something else to read. And it was really hard to find the kind of books that I'm telling them, you should read something else. But then I couldn't find what I had in mind. So they challenged me and said, if you, if you want to we'll tell you what to write and you just write it and we'll do a book together and that's how it started mm -hmm. and it took two years and every week I would read to these girls what I had written and they would tear it apart and tell me everything I did wrong and I'd go back to work on it and I had 10 rejections from publishers before the very first Christy Miller book was published wow. and then it just it just just opened up after that yeah yeah, I, I love that series. That was the first series I read of yours. And um, it was really cute because as a youth minister's wife, I would do girls retreats. And I used some of those concepts with the girls that I read in the book. Maybe not the same way, but I talked kind of about the concept of guarding your heart. 
with the girls. And, you know, you talked about the garden in one of your books and, you mm-hmm. know, how you be careful who you open the gate to because you don't want them just trample on your garden. <laughs> and and I talked to them about that. And I gave all the girls at one of the um, retreats uh, little piggy banks. And I talked Aww. about saving yourself for your husband and that they could put little notes in or maybe if they decided not to, you know, passionately kiss a boy after the prom, <laughs> they could put something in there and, hey, I went to prom tonight, but I didn't do this or that because I'm saving myself for you. And so I talked to some girls later on and said, I have that little bank and I put little notes in it. And and it was kind of inspired by Christie's letters that she wrote Um in, in the oh. in the series and so um but the the books really inspired me as a youth minister's wife even though I was older when I read them <laughs> but um you know it helped me with teaching my kids and just talking to them about valuing themselves and um I know that sometimes when I'd read the books I would be laughing hysterically um at different parts and sometimes kind of getting teary <laughs> so, oh, yeah. but, they, yeah. but they I, I like the fact that girl said is that they were real they weren't because I've read some quote-unquote Christian books that were about courtship or about this or that and they just didn't seem really practical <laughs> or maybe based in reality yeah they were they just didn't seem like this could really happen I mean what, they were just too cheesy but Robin, I appreciate what, they were real what was it like for you to have them criticize your work like that was it it was it comfortable or or did it <laughs> because I can't imagine that was very fun at first well no no one wants to be told that they don't know anything and they, <laughs> that's all a stupid the hours name. of work they yeah. put in was yeah. just worthless yeah. and they failed but I already knew that I didn't know anything I mean so there was sort of this baseline I was working teach me I'm clueless here about what you guys you know what it is that you want in a story or how it would work to put a character in the story that you would relate to because my first instinct was okay let's see Christy's parents have to get divorced and these girls burst into tears they go no my parents are getting divorced I don't want to read about that I have to live it oh Oh, okay well then let's give Christy an eating disorder no my friends are struggling with that I'm trying not to get in that cycle so tell me how not to do it and then I realized that they just want a friend who's not perfect by far, but who's a role model in that she's she's watching everything going on around her, but she's saying, I want to come out of the teen years as undamaged as possible, and so how can yeah. I make a good choice? Yeah. I'm really struggling. I have this option. I have this opportunity. I would be more popular if I did this, but uh, I'm going to make this really hard choice because I know that down the road I'll be glad that I did yeah. and that's what the girls love because they're saying they had and this is 25 years ago so uh-huh. think of how it is now right. they are telling me we just don't know people like that we want to have friends like that that will help us out when we're super lonely and depressed and our parents are going through divorce and all that. but we just let Christy be our friend and mm-hmm. that's what really turned the corner in writing the books and feeling like oh, okay now I can get that just the right voice and make it realistic, and it, and that's what worked. So, did you feel like after the first few books that you really got on the roll then, and 
were you able then to really jump in and did you use like a like a, a format or a formula or was it a little bit different? See, you know, I didn't read them. My wife has read everything, so <laughs> I'm so sorry. But uh... Uh, yeah, no formula, no format. It's always just seat of my pants writing, just to tell the story and to turn on the television in my imagination. Right. And what I always do is develop the characters first in every book I write, so that I really feel like I know the characters, mm-hmm. and then I just want to go with them wherever they're going to go. And I think about what issues are prevalent Uh, my sister says whenever she reads one of my books she knows she can tell you exactly when I wrote it because either I was going through the problem in the book or my kids were or a friend of mine you know it's just (laughs) it just like skip real life stuff is going on and solve it in the book like work it through and there are some novels I've written where I solved the character's problem nicely but I had the same problem and it didn't get tied up as well for me (laughs) But it helped me. Yeah, right. kind of work Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You, got, you got some resolve when there wasn't resolve in the so re- in the real world. That that was one of my first real questions. Is what's your favorite part about being an author? <laughs> is it is it therapy or do you, <laughs> do you like these characters? I mean, it's kind of lots of good stuff, but you might have a hard time picking. <laughs> I love the process of storytelling and that's what comes naturally to me and that feeling of I'm taking all these uh, ideas that are floating around and giving them breath and space and kind of like that taking a lump of Play-Doh and turning it into a giraffe and it looks as close to a giraffe as you can get it and then you show it to somebody and they say oh what a cute giraffe and you feel like all right I did it I mean that's that's my expectations are only about that high so the girls you know giving that input and that sense that I didn't know what I was doing has improved in that I have figured some things out but truly every single book and I've written over 80 books but every single time when I turn the book in I feel like it's the worst thing I've ever done. My daughter used to call it hide all the sharp objects phase. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> hilarious. Because I just would go, oh, it's, I have to start all over. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. It's a mess. But there's something that's really sweet about that kind of vulnerability, I think, as a writer, that I feel like, okay, th- that wasn't it. I have to write another book that maybe I can try to express what I have in my head because I didn't. I didn't get there all the way on that book. So that, it's just the process continues. That is fascinating because I, I'm a musician as well and for a living. I, you probably don't know, but I do background music and uh, voiceovers and different things like that uh, for different companies all over the world. Well, the same thing happens in my music. The exact same thing. I, I turn it in and I'm nervous and I'm like, oh, I don't know. You know, and and then they'll just like, they, oh, we love it. You know, and I'm like, well, okay. But it's nice to have that validation better. to our insecurities. It is, nice. <laughs> it is nice when somebody actually likes your material. You know, yeah. And, but you're it's right. The, yeah, it's the artist's angst. Yeah. It's yes. hard to say that, but it really is that sense that it's never, it's never quite there, and yeah. so you have to create some that's more, right. and that's, that's right. good because yeah. otherwise we'd be like one and done. And right. come yeah. on. Well, and you know, really, honestly, the way that that God works, I think, a lot of times in our lives is, he he that that is part of us, so that we don't get such a big head and think that we did it. Mm, you know, it's true. It really true. is true when you when you realize, oh man, that was just by the grace of God that I got that part out. You know, 
And it's like, oh, wait a minute. It really is by the grace yeah, of God. I mean, and God, God gave us our imaginations and our talents. And, you know, so when we're using our gifts, we're honoring him. But, you know, I mean, there's there's part of us involved, but there's also these things came from God. So, okay. So I know exactly. I know Amy knows all these things here, but I don't. So I'm going to ask you, um, what themes are you the most passionate about in your storytelling? What's, I mean, if you could boil it down to a couple of themes. I love the challenge of expressing God's personality. And I don't know any other way to say it, but I love for a character to see something unfold and have this aha moment of God really sees me. He really, he really knows what's going on. And he's orchestrating these pieces in my life for good. Because that, that's how it is in real life. That has been my life experience. And many who trust Christ would say the same thing, that it's not what you ever think it's going to be, but much better. And it's clear that it was God all along orchestrating it. So there's something that's kind of, it's kind of a sweet place of power or something where you get to enter into storytelling and, and allow that character to experience that aha moment. Mm-hmm. And it's it's exciting because it parallels something that you as a writer discovered about God and you feel like, oh, ooh, ooh, I hope the readers get it. It's just kind of tucked in there. It's kind of, you know, smuggled in. And I, I hope they open the right place in their imagination to see the depth of what that little comment really means. That's cool. Now, I on on what you just talked about, I'm trying to think I'm not a writer, but one of the things that I noticed through quite a few of your books, um, especially the ones written for mature people, um, like mature the, people. well, you know, <laughs> not not girls, girls, but you know, women, um, was the I remember the Sunset book, and then there's one of the Sister Chicks books that talked about grace and mercy following you, and and the one the Sunsets where, uh, please listeners, forgive me for talking. I'm such a geek about. Robin's books, but um, <laughs> there's there's kind of a B storyline, but it might be an A storyline where you have an older couple that had mm. been apart um, through a lot of tragic circumstances and found each other late in life, um, and they found happiness. And to me, it was just the most profound picture of God's love for us. And how he doesn't give up. Yeah. And yeah. And it was just kind of like this warm Hawaiian breeze that came Aww. through. And it's just like, wow, you just really felt. And through a lot of the books, I really just felt that character of God. That he's not giving up. He's there. He's, he's there through the good times, through the bad times. And... I just love that picture. That's one of my favorite, my, my favorite storylines. And it was, I think, more of almost a B storyline. <laughs> yeah. But I just loved it. Um, the, the older couple in that book, it just was, it just spoke to me so much. Oh. But um, what advice? Well, I should, Amy, I should add to that, that uh-huh. that, you probably hit closer to the core of what uh, runs through all my stories than even I could articulate when you first asked me, but mm-hmm. that the the personality of God, yes, but 
what I know to be true is that God is a relentless lover. Yeah. He never stops pursuing us. He never gives up. Mm-hmm. He he's he he doesn't want to get us back. He wants to get us back. Mm-hmm. He made us for himself. He wants to draw us back to himself so that we can experience the life that he created us to live. Mm-hmm. And that does run through all the stories and for a character to come to that turning point instead of running away and trying to create their own world where they're in control and they're trying to work everything out and that's not going so great that they just turn back to their creator Mm -hmm. and realize you have never stopped loving me you have never stopped pouring out your mercy and your grace on me even though I didn't recognize it was you Mm -hmm. and that I mean that turning point is life-changing and that's why I have so many letters from readers that say I can't really explain it but I got to this point in your book and I just start crying and I just wanted to make peace with God I just mm-hmm. wanted to get my life right I just wanted to turn and it's a novel it's a story but yeah. it's that truth that just runs through it and is so compelling to to switch out all the complicated uh, aggravation and pain that it just churns around in your heart mm-hmm. and release it and have that sense that I'm on the right path. I am forgiven. I have asked God to cleanse me and change me. And he has done this new work. And now oh, there's light and hope. And yeah. <laughs> that's and, it. And, and it's written in such a, a real way that it, it doesn't seem hyped up. It's, it's real. It's heart. It's, it's deep down in the heart, which I really appreciate. Um, transitioning here, as a writer of 25 years, <laughs> um, what advice would you give to someone who's just embarking on letting their imagination flow and, and letting God use their talents and their abilities? What, what encouragement would you give them? It really helps to keep a journal. It becomes a source of uh, a touchstone or a, um, a, a place where you can look back months later, years later, and see the progression in <clears throat> your life journey and in your heart. So it, I think that's where I always have encouraged wannabe writers to start, is get that journal, get your pen, start working at the craft of expressing what you're thinking and feeling and make word choices and try to describe what the leaves look like right now and try to find a new way to express what that dinner just tasted like so that you're like sort of as an artist you're developing your palette so you've Mm -hmm. got more colors to paint with and work with Mm -hmm. and use that as sort of the training time and then get some get some workshops go to I took a creative writing class at community college I was in critique groups when I first started because I was so aware that I was unskilled and had the the wrong ideas of how to craft a book and I needed to just learn from others who had already done that workshops and writers conferences there's plenty you can just Google what's in your area and find something and just show up. I mean, so much of the most important piece of anything new happening is for us to just show up. 
to just say, <laughs> I'm going to take a risk. I am going to try this even if I fall flat on my face, even if I start this book for these girls in the junior high group and I read it to them every week for two years and they tell me I have no clue. I, I'm just going <laughs> to, you know, it's that kind of hard yeah. work. And I think there's so many talented people that don't see the fruition of these dreams that are planted in their heart by their creator because they're gifted to do that, mm -hmm. but they're not willing to take the rejection and to go the long distance and push that boulder uphill and do the hard work. Yeah. And you have to, you just have to. So you start there, but then you have to have that discipline as a, a writer to set the time to write. And when I started writing the first Christy Miller books and it just turned into a series and it just kept going and mm -hmm. I had two small kids at home my husband was a youth pastor so we had teenagers over the house all the time mm -hmm. I was working <laughs> part-time here and there doing a variety of things and the only time I could find to write was three days a week at three o'clock in the morning I would set my alarm get up at three o'clock and write until seven in the morning and the phone never rang. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever wanted anything from me. I got so much done. And that became my writing rhythm just three days a week at three in the morning. And then I could, you know, supplement other times. Oh, I have a free afternoon on Saturday or, mm -hmm. but the, the majority of the creative writing happened then. So what I had to do then was carve out a time that was separate from everything else. And that's really difficult to maintain that discipline mm -hmm. so it just you know I want to be a writer and maybe it'll happen someday you have to show up and you have to work at the craft and you have to carve out the time mm -hmm. boy that's good advice good advice for just about anything you want to oh, do yeah. I, was, I was thinking in my business that same thing I, I, there's creative times if I don't make those times they don't happen mm -hmm. and I remember, yeah. I remember early on in in ministry thinking I'm going to run out of ideas and I'm a creative person. I'm thinking, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to do this. How can I keep coming up with ideas? Well, the, the, the whole idea is make yourself available for the ideas. You've got to, you've got to have that time to concentrate and to, like you say, let that, the craft happen in you, you know, and that's, it's very, very important. So, it's exactly yeah. right, Rick. It's exactly it. And I've loved how you worded that because if, if especially if you're going to see, writing as a profession, not a hobby. Right. You have to treat it as a professional. And yeah. I had to work mm -hmm. so hard to get past on those days when the kids were older. Because literally for 15, 18 years, I wrote three days a week at three in the morning. Right. I mean, that I, I just that was, that was the pattern for a decade yeah. and a half. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then there were times the kids are off to school. I've got a whole afternoon. Yeah. I'm not doing all these other part-time jobs. I can really focus. But... It was too easy to go uh, take the clothes out of the dryer yeah. and to make a phone call and to eat whatever. Yeah. And then and that was even before we were so swamped with emails and Facebook and right, everything else. Right. And I, I had to literally write myself notes and say, you can unload the dishwasher later. You right. know, I'll put it on this kitchen counter. Yeah. Go, you're a professional. Like if, if I had a job at an office, would I... 
show up a half an hour late and say, oh, I had to put the clothes in the dryer. And then I thought I'd call my mom. And, right. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. Show up for your job at the time you're supposed to show up. Right. And right. until mm-hmm. I treated myself as a professional, yeah. there was no way I could expect anyone else to treat me that way, you a know, publisher or. Yeah. One of the yeah. things I used to do was, uh, and I still do it from time to time, is is I'll just put it on my, on, I have an iPhone and I bought a bunch of Mac stuff. So I just put it on the calendar and have block out that time. And I don't answer the phone. I don't answer emails. And I, I just do what I need to do for that period of time. And I know if it's an emergency, I text him because he'll be recording. And <laughs> I, can't, I can't interrupt that. Yeah. But but that, but, but you're right. You you kind of have you have to set. Well, you just yeah. not, not kind of. You just have to set that time aside. And our, studio, our studio's at home, too. So well, Rick is really relating to yeah, this part. Well, the other thing that I really like what you're saying here is that uh, there are a lot of people that will will say i really would like to write or i'd like to do music or i'd like to do this or i'd like to do that and they just put their toe in the water and then they give up because they don't have success i'm just telling everybody what robin said is totally true it takes time and you're not going to have instant success over very 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 when few people i think it was have instant success about, i don't know anybody about does. four or five years ago when Rick started his multimedia yeah, business, yeah. transitioning from full-time pastor to having our own business and internet ministry, yeah, um, he, Rick had like forty in um, auditions that he would do mm-hmm. for every one job. Yeah, I, I remember doing wow. auditions and going, "Oh my gosh, nobody likes me. They don't love me." You know, and then, I took <laughs> yeah. it so personally. You know, and then I realized it's 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 there are people out there that love what you do. Mm-hmm. There are people out there that will totally relate with what you do. There's, there's a, there. And it's like art. It's subjective, and right. sometimes people are looking for this exact shade of a certain color. Right. Exact, you know. And, and I have determined go, that I'm going to be that shade to go with mm-hmm. their project, you know. And yeah. and it, you know, sometimes you're going to work for that project. Sometimes you're not, you know. Yeah. So. It, you but know, it you takes just can't give up. Consistency, <laughs> yeah. setting that time aside, treating yourself as a professional and then going forward because it will eventually start to turn around, especially if it's born inside of you. If God has put the vision inside of you to do what you're doing, he will make a way. It's, it's just, but it, there's going to be resistance. Anything good that happens, anything awesome that happens in our lives takes effort because it doesn't just happen because it's going to be opposed. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's right on. I agree. Preach it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> well, and I get so frustrated when I receive so much mail from people who have this dream to write or they have a story in them or they really want to write this one book before they die. Right. And I tell them what I just told you and they come back and they're like, well, I was really hoping that you would have right. volunteered to write it for me. Like I could just come over to your house and you could, <laughs> I could tell you the story and you could. And it's yeah. that taking responsibility for the gifts that you have and right. the, the vision of right. what you want to do. Right. And when you, when you take that responsibility and own it, something happens that gets this kind of fire in your belly to, to set up those times. Yeah. And my husband has often said to me when he can just tell by the look on my face, he goes, <laughs> you need to go fill up your emotional well. There you go. Because we work so hard 
It's if you're an artist of any sort, you give and, and, give and it's give so and much, yeah, discipline and work. But then you have to. It was just what you were saying. Carve out that time to get the creative process going. Yeah. And my husband will tell me, just I don't care what you do, just go get your emotional well filled up and don't come home until you do. And yeah. that could be, <laughs> go for you know I live in Hawaii. Go yeah. to the beach. It's just right, right there. Yeah. And, and and yet you know we get so busy at what we're doing, and that sense of this time is set aside to just let creative thought start to be nurtured and to be processed yeah that that's mm -hmm. just so key and without that there's so many people that should be writing should be yeah. producing music should be doing creative artistic things yeah. but they don't they it's almost like you're giving yourself a gift to let the creativity yeah. mature yeah. well I, and, I, I remember many many years ago um, I had a, a real good friend that I was in a band with and he saw talent in me as far as music was concerned and saw that I was kind of squandering it. I wasn't really doing anything with it like I should have. And uh, and he sat me down one day and, he, you know, he meant well and everything. And I, I now I look at it and go, oh, my gosh, he was, you know, he was right on. But he said, he goes, Rick, you've got this gift and this talent, but you're, you know, take some lessons or do something so you can, can go forward with it because, don't just stay where you're at because you have so much potential. And and I'll never forget him saying that. And then the very next day I was in, I was reading my Bible and I, I saw this incredible story that Jesus had uh, shared with people about um, these people that this master was going on a vacation or extended travel time. And he entrusted his money to uh, his servants. And so to his first one, he gave a certain amount of money and he said, um, Take care of my money while I'm gone. You know, do whatever you need to do, but um, uh, make sure everything's good here and, and just, just be a steward over it. The word steward was in there. And and so he gave it to three different of them, uh, different varying amounts. And when he came back after this long extended thing, uh, he comes back and these guys have, it's fascinating what they did with it. One of the guys invests it and he and he does all these cool things with it and he i can't remember how much he he got this huge return, return on it It was yeah. like dude you know we need to use you as our investment firm you know because this guy did really well and boy the master was so excited about what he'd done with his money he was just like this is awesome the second guy basically did pretty pretty much the same he didn't put as much effort in but he got a pretty good return on 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 his master's money and everything the third guy though um, said, you know, I was scared of what you would do if I lost any of your money. So I just buried it in, a, in the ground, and he, here it is. And it was, mm. you kind of hear this, wah, wah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, wrong. And the master was so upset with him. He said, you know, what's the deal? I gave you this as a, you were supposed to be a steward over it. He goes, you know what, I'm taking it all away, and I'm going to give it to these other guys you know, that, that'll put it to that'll use. Put it to use. <laughs> and, and but that but the whole idea of the story that I think this is exactly what you're saying, that Jesus was saying, hey, look at, we've been given a gift, whatever it is, whether it's writing or or music or being an awesome friend or a counselor or a uh, an incredible parent. I, I don't know. You know, everybody has different gifts, but we've been given this. What we do with it is really important. We if we just sit on it and do whatever we, we're selfish then we don't ever see 
what really God has planned for our lives. We don't see the increase. We don't see the excitement and the plan that is that can unfold if we actually make an effort with what we've been given. There we go. So I got on my high yeah. horse and got that in there. But You know, you got to, sorry about this. When we do our podcast, we both go on these little Rabbit rants trails. and excited little <laughs> yeah. splurts of, of whateverness. Whateverness, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I just, I just want to say I totally agree, and I love that because it – it again is goes right back to that being willing to take a risk and be vulnerable yeah, and risk. to Ooh, do the hard good. work yeah. and mm-hmm. instead of just sitting back and then we develop this whole culture of entitlement yeah, and yeah. well someone nobody ever helped me or yeah. it never just came and fell on me so i yeah well it, 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 instead of Get up and do something. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And boy, that that really makes a difference. And mm-hmm. it, it's pretty amazing. Um, I This is a little bit of a little shift, but in, in many of your books, you hear the phrase God lovers. The mm-hmm. characters talk about that. I matter of fact, on my Facebook page, which I have to say, it is slightly your fault that I have a Facebook page. Because <laughs> this is now uh, this is really this weird. This is really funny because I am kind of like Little House on the Prairie. Rick is kind of like Star Trek. So we that's our house. I, it's little you know, House I'm on the like Prairie. I'm like a gardener. I'm a peaceful person. I'm a peaceful person. I like to garden. <laughs> well, he likes to take pictures of my garden, but I could be outside all day long in the peace yeah, and I the know. sunshine. I she just likes love like Celtic quiet. music. I like heavy metal. So yeah. what's up with that? So How does that work? We're opposite. Yeah. It's it's fun. It's interesting. Well, um. Several years ago, I got in one of your Robin's Nest newsletters that you were going to have like this chat thing on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Well, no one in our house except for my college-age son who didn't really use it had Facebook. And I said, Rick, can you help me? I need to to get a Facebook profile so I can chat with Robin. Jones Gunn, that's right. Robin Jones Gunn. So um, we got on it, and when I set up my Facebook profile when it asked what your religion um, what is? my religion was i wrote god lover because that oh, really it. <laughs> it really spoke to me and so i was the first person that ha- actively had a facebook page in my in our home but I, when it was it, just really weird because it usually would have been me yeah because he's the total geek out kind of guy but i've got her coming over to the dark <laughs> here, <though>. but <laughs> she's got an iphone I 5 just, i only have a 4s what's up with that because well, I work away from home. Okay, he does I don't want to hear. IPad. I don't want to hear the excuses. He does have an iPad and this super huge mega computer for his studio. Don't feel sorry for him because <laughs> I have a better. I was trying to play violins in the background. Do not feel sorry for him. Okay. Um. Anyway, <laughs> I just was curious where you came up with the phrase. Yeah, because it's lover. not really religious. You know, I mean that that's not a phrase you hear. I mean, you can hear people say, "Well." They're a Christian, or they're this or, or that. I'm a Jesus freak, right? Which, but maybe God but. <laughs> lovers. God lovers are a little different. What is? What does that mean to you? What? Do you, yeah. What are you trying to get across? I didn't really like any of those other labels because Christian mm, that really encompasses a lot, and it's yeah. not always so clear. Yeah, yeah. that's very true. You know, there was such an era of oh, they're a fundamentalist or an evangelical right. or uh-huh. right. Protestant or whatever or Orthodox. And, or, right. Yeah. And I just remember one day I was reading my Bible and I got to the part in Matthew where Jesus was saying, uh, they were asking him, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, 
love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So it's like all these rules that we have in religion Mm -hmm. of you have to do this, and you have to look like this, and and yet Jesus himself said, oh, this is it. Just love God with your whole everything, with your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind, and then love your neighbor's the same way you love yourself like you, you take care of yourself be nice to yourself go your be nice to your neighbors and mm-hmm. so that just like again it was a it was a thing i was journaling like how am i being in this relationship with christ what what is that at the at distill it all down and i just love god mm-hmm. i really do i really i love god and and I want to do that with my whole heart and soul and strength mind the rest of my life because that's what Jesus told me to do. Yeah. Right. And then when I'm doing that, then I have all the wherewithal to to love myself and then love other people with that same kind of kindness that I'm showing myself. Mm-hmm. So it just like was distilled down to its simplest, truest form without all the other trappings. And I just thought, mm-hmm. that's what I am. Okay, you want a label? I, I'm a God lover. And oh, I have offended people. It you always do, and right. it's, but it still is just like in its simplest form. I'm not aligning myself with any denomination, or right, right. it's just yeah. I'm doing what Jesus said to love God, and I'll and call myself that. And, and that is so fascinating because what you're saying here is is pretty revolutionary if people actually look at it. Because in our society today, at least in a, in the in America, no, I don't know. We we are in a lot of other countries with our with our podcast. So I'm not sure what it's like there, but here it sometimes it seems like it's a big marketing ploy to get you to go to church or to buy into a certain denomination or a different religion or whatever. But but this here doesn't that that term doesn't say that. You know, it's it's saying it's, love God. It's and you relational. know you, you can love yeah. God mm. outside of church. You don't have to love God just in four walls of a church. In fact, you're encouraged <laughs> to love him all the time. Yes, 24/7. <laughs> no matter where you are. And I think that is that's fascinating and I, yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I bet you took a little heat for that at first, huh? Well, yeah, of course it sounds like it's trying to be something you know, whatever you want to assign yeah. to yeah. that to try and twist it, yeah. but the from the heart of what I meant was just I love God. Yeah. Yeah. The, the end. Yeah. 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 And, and I like that. That's great. And that's that's why I put it on my religious association <laughs> because it, it spoke to me. And um, we've gone through different, uh, we could write books and books about some of the different things we've been through. Oh, my, oh, my. With, with church kind of stuff. And I came out of all of the, the things that we've been through in 27 years of marriage and different ministries that we've worked at two things and I've, I've shared them on our podcast before the first thing is that God is God and man is man and there's a big difference between the two usually you say it different though I say usually say heck of a lot of difference right, between right. the two right. and the second thing I came across is you know basically what you said that out of everything that's important in the world the most important is to love God and to love our neighbor. Yeah. And we can get very hung up on a lot of other, other things. And, and yet the most important is our relationship with God and our relationship with those around us. Yeah. And to approach both with a tender heart yeah. and 
you know, just that love. And so that's why I just, I love that phrase. And I haven't really seen that in any other books I've read. And I just giving you a thumbs up, but you can't see right now. <laughs> Robin, it, it's been so awesome to have you on the show. One last thing we want to ask you, because we know that you, you never really sit still for very long. <laughs> um, Amy's very curious. She wants to know where you're going next in your storytelling. I know you have a couple books coming out soon because I've seen in your newsletter. You could share about that or share about anything else, but I'm curious. <laughs> yes. Well, um, the next book that comes out is nonfiction, and it comes out next April. It's titled Spoken For, and it's really geared for high school girls. You know, it's just been my heart for all these 25 years of writing is if you can really get a young woman in those formative years t to understand who she is and whose she is, mm -hmm. then it'll shape how she makes decisions and how she she lives. And so that's the subtitle actually on Spoken For, Embracing Who You Are and Whose You Are. Cool. I co-authored that book with Alyssa Joy Bethke. And Alyssa's husband, Jeff Bethke, has a book that just came out three weeks ago that is titled Jesus Greater Than Religion. Oh, and cool. it's just blown up. It's just gone crazy nuts. But Alyssa uh, met three years ago here in Hawaii because she was working as an intern at our church. And I became her mentor and we worked on projects together and kind of worked on this book idea together. And then it, it all came together and she and Jeff got married last year, just Aww. a year ago. And so here we have this book coming out. It's kind of like in the in the vapors of Jeff's shooting star. And it's just kind of fun to watch how that's all transpired for them. But that's pretty cool. very excited about that book. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. How do people find your work? How do they get a hold of you if they are interested? Um, where is your stuff available at? I have a website that is simply Robin, <laughs> excuse me, I choked <laughs> up, robingun.com, R-O-B-I-N, g-u-n-n and i have an online shop on my website and i also have a sign up for the robin's nest newsletter and then there's the link you know to facebook page and twitter and everything so that's that's the hub just go to robingun.com very very cool well it's been a pleasure to uh finally meet you uh i've heard all about you from my wife here and uh our daughter just tried calling. So. Right in the middle of the podcast. Yeah, Everybody. she goes, is your power out? As we've been recording the podcast, the lights have been our lights have been on. blinking. Ooh, Being yeah. formerly from the Northwest, you, you know understand like. our coastal storms. We're, we're a little yes. bit closer to the coast than Portland, um, yeah. where we live on the way out to Ocean Shores. So the lovely town of Aberdeen. We're getting these like 60 mile an hour gusts as we record. Yeah, but it's been <laughs> oh, fun wow. to watch out the window. <laughs> So she goes, is your power out in Central Park? Okay. <laughs> Why don't you close up, my dear? Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll I'll text her back in a minute. It's, you know, this, this, this many hats we wear as moms yeah, and on, podcasters yeah. and all these things. Okay. She already told everybody how to get a, a hold of her. So 
So what? what so you're just finishing up okay. the interview right yeah, now. All right. <laughs> Thank you for helping me know what I'm doing. Yeah, so I'm no problem. Sure. That's what I'm here for, right? Anyway, thank you very much, Robin. And um, I, I would love any time you have anything else that you would like to talk about and share with our listeners. We would love to hear from you again. And, and I think you, you're a good fit for our podcast because I, I feel like we have a similar heart um, when it comes to encouraging relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. and so just God bless you. And I love to hear more and more from you as, as time goes by, time goes by. It's awesome. All right. Thank you very much for being on the program. Thanks you guys. And happy birthday, Amy. Thank you. What a treat. (laughs) I'm feeling the cracks that ran through the door. And kept my mind from wandering where it will go. And it really doesn't matter if I'm wrong and right, where I belong and right, where I belong. See the people standing there who disagree, never win. Wonder why they don't get in my door. Ah, little Beatles. Yeah, you didn't play this song. I thought you were going to play. What did you think I was going to play? No Compromise. Yeah, well. You don't like it as much as I oh, do. Oh, it's okay. Okay. So, uh, what do you think? That was a pretty fun interview, huh? I was so excited. Yeah. I was so excited. And she was really cool people, I have to say. You know, she's she's real. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's hard to work with teenagers for so long and not be kind of a real person they can see through you yeah <laughs> if, you, if yeah. you're fake and convicts and teenagers yeah that's they'll, what they they'll say look at you funny if you're a phony you know yeah. they just see through that so yeah. um yeah she's real people and i just really enjoyed talking to her and well i think um, too it's inspiring you know what there every person has a gift on the inside of them or gifts on the inside of them. And I think it's so important that we pursue those things because, you know, in our opinion, um, it's very, life is, there's a reason for it. It's not just by happen chance. It's not just by accident. And to us, we believe that um, we, we have a purpose on this earth. And it's important to find what that is and go for it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So thanks everybody for listening. We hope you had a great time. How can people get a hold of us, my dear old? You can get a hold of us at rick at takeinwithyou.com or amy at takeinwithyou.com or our Facebook pages, mm-hmm. facebook.com forward slash rick.moyer or facebook.com forward slash amy.moyer. That's right. And if you so care about our podcast and enjoy it and you want to help us continue, you can donate to it too. We don't always talk about that and that's not the reason we're doing it. But if you wanted to help us, you sure could. You just have to go to takeinwithyou.com. Click on the PayPal button and donate whatever you feel led to donate. And we would appreciate that. Yeah. We do have expenses from time to time. I'm expensive, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm really so that's expensive. Nice. Thank you. Oh, mercy. <laughs> I am, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, okay, well. <laughs> okay, well, we would love to hear from you. And yeah, um, just... please, yeah. If you have any feedback back, um, we've had some good suggestions lately about future podcasts, and yeah, we'll try to fun. incorporate those. But yeah. if you have any more, 
Any questions? And we'll see you next time. On Taken With You. I'm going to go cut the turkey. Ow! I don't, Ow! I don't, think, gobble, my, gobble, gobble, I don't think my sweet potatoes gobble, done gobble, yet. Gobble, 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 gobble. Okay, this has been a Moira Multimedia LLC production, copyright 2013. All rights reserved. All right. Jade, is somebody here? Jade, who's here? I just love torturing our dog. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. See you next week. Happy birthday. Thank you, dear. Thank you.